Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to read a few verses from, starting with verse 1. Genesis chapter 12, reading from, from verse 1. I'm, I'll be reading from the Amplified Classic. Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, this is the first time we see this man, Abram, really, in the Bible as the Lord speaks to him. He actually speaks to him. Go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. So he is told, really, it's a commandment, go to leave everything everything all of his security all of his earthly inheritance everything that would come from his father everything that would come just leave everything and i will make you a great nation and i will bless you with abundant increase of favors i like that how many of you like that and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing or a source of blessing dispensing good to others so I will bless you to be a source of blessing amen you know we drink bottled water right all we have is just water in a bottle but if this was truly a spring water which a lot of them are not so that's a whole other story but when you're drinking spring water you have to understand there is a source that spring continuously flows there's always water coming out of that source that they bottle it and it goes all over the world and people drink it even as i drink from this bottle there is a source somewhere that is still new bottles are being filled because there's a source okay so this is a blessing but then there is a source of blessing so what he's saying is i will make you a source of blessing i'll make you a source of blessing you'll be dispensing you will be dispersing you will be releasing blessing amen hallelujah and I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you. Amen. So come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I bless you. I confer prosperity and happiness upon you. Hallelujah. And curse him who curses or uses insolent language toward you. In you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed. And by you they will bless themselves. So, or all the nations shall be blessed. And verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had directed him. That's a key right there. Abram departed as the Lord directed him. Yeah. Hallelujah. He didn't doubt it. He didn't think about it. He didn't talk to his father about it. Can you imagine telling your father, I, I'm, I have to leave because the Lord spoke to me to start a new family that's going to bless the whole na all the nations. So he departed as the Lord directed him. And Lot, his nephew, went with him. That's another story. <laughs> Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Haran's in Turkey, by the way, southeast of Turkey. I'd like to take some of you there. Now go with me to chapter 14 a few years goes by a few years goes by and 
verse 1. And it came to pass in the days of the kings, Amraphel of Shinar, Ariach of Elasar, Kadalomer of Elam, and Tidal of Goim. They made war on the kings, Bera of Sodom, Birza, Birsha of Gomorrah, Shinab of Adamah, Shemaber of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zor, Zoar. Did pretty good. <laughs> the latter kings joined together as allies in the valley of Sidim, which is now the Dead Sea of Salt. Twelve years they had served Kedarlomer, but in the thirteenth year they rebelled. And in the fourteenth year, Kedarlomer and the kings who were with them attacked and subdued the Rephaim in Ashtarod Kernaim. And Zuzim in Ham, and the Emim in Shaveh Kiriathaim, and the Horites in the Mount Seir as far as El Paran, which is on the border of the wilderness. So look at this. It's chaos. <laughs> Fighting war. War. In the midst of war. Amen. All hell is breaking loose. Bunch of kings fighting with other kings, chaotic times, kind of sounds like today. War. In the midst of war. Amen. But here's a man who has a promise, a covenant that the Lord will bless him. Amen. Verse 7, and they turned back and came to and Mishvat, which is now Kadesh, and subdued all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who dwelt in Hezazan Tamar. Then the kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, and Bela, that is Zoar, went out. And together they joined the battle with those kings in the valley of Sidim. With the kings of Kedalomer, of Elam, and Tidal of Goim, Amraphel of Shinar, Arioch of Elasar, <laughs> four kings against five. So basically four nations against five nations. It's chaos. Now the valley of Sidon was full of slime or bitumen pits. And all the kings of Sodom, as the king of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, they fell, were overthrown there. And the remainder of the kings fled to the mountains. The victors took all the wealth of Sodom and Gomorrah and all the supply of provisions and departed. All right. So there is this massive wealth transfer. You see that? There's a wealth transfer because of this chaos. That's what happens in times of chaos and war. That's what happens. Wealth transfer happens. That's why the globalists and the, and the, and the, and the, the structures, they want war all the time. Because that's how they get wealth. They, they transfer wealth. Do you understand me? So you want wealth transfer? It's not going to happen in peacetime. It happens in wartime. It happens in chaos. And many times we misunderstand how the blessing of the Lord works. The blessing of the Lord works in the midst of chaos. And they also took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods away with them. So Abram's just minding his own business. He's not really involved in all of this. But then they take Lot, his nephew, and all of his stuff because he was in Sodom. He was in the wrong place. That's another story. But look at this now. 
verse 13 and the one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew one from the other side who was living by the oaks or terebinths of Mamre the Amorite a brother of Eshcol and of Aner these were allies of Abram when Abram heard this that his nephew had been captured he armed and led for 318 trained servants born in his own house and pursued the enemy as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and attacked and routed them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought back his kinsmen, Lot, and his possessions, the women, and also the people so watch this now he's dealing with four kings with trained armies that have already triumphed over five other kings professional armies these are ruthless men they're trained warriors they've already battle hardened four kings four armies that have already defeated five others number greater than themselves and here's Abram basically he's a businessman amen and if you read his story the Lord prospered him and blessed him because that's exactly what he was confirmed upon him. a blessing was confirmed upon him that he will also be a source of blessing amen and he said he's going to make his name great and he's going to give him great victory and he's got 318 servants that were born in his house cooks sheep herders cattle herders cleaning ladies hospitality ushers greeters parking lot ministry cloth ministry i mean just people that served in his house 318 people that served in his house not battle hardened not warriors not soldiers not trained they had crafts they had skills but not in the art of war and he goes after them four kings that have already triumphed over five others and he strikes them down and he conquers them and he defeats them this is supernatural guys you see how supernatural this is this is supernatural the Lord gives them a supernatural victory come on somebody say supernatural victory in the midst of war you see that there's war there's chaos people dying four nations fighting five nations i mean chaos war and he's just minding his own business until they touch something related to him and he's like you know what i have a covenant with almighty god and i'm gonna go after he gets 318 servants he gets the he gets the butler the cleaning lady i don't know whoever the cook the lady you know do you understand what, what's going on here he takes 318 people that have nothing to do with war and he arms them and he takes them out and he goes after these kings and he defeats them and he brings back all the goods and also brought back his kinsmen lot and his possessions the women also and the people so he recovered he plunders the enemy he recovers what the enemy has stolen amen and he recovers goods that didn't even belong to him because were they were taken from the five kings 
So he plunders the enemy in the midst of this, this thing. He's minding his own business until they attack him. He's not involved until they attack him. He's like, okay, you know what? Now I'm in the fight. Now I got the Lord on my side. The battle belongs to the Lord. I got 318 servants that have never seen war, never held a weapon, but I'm coming after you. Mm. After Abram's return from the defeat and slaying of Cadalomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Sheve, that is the king's valley. So here comes Sodom to meet him. But right in the midst of that, right before the king of Sodom comes to meet him, something very interesting happens. Melchizedek. Which is a combination of two words. Malki means king in Aramaic. Zedek is righteousness. So king of righteousness. And he's also called the king of Salem or really the word is Shalom. Which is exactly later on was called Jerusalem. So he's the king of Jerusalem. King of righteousness. You see that? This is an imagery of Jesus Christ himself. Because we're also told in the book of Hebrews that Jesus Christ is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, not the order of Aaron or the Levitical priesthood. This is a very, very, very interesting story. Melchizedek, king of Shalom, which Shalom means not just peace, by the way. It's not like a feeling of peace. It also means peace, wellness, wholeness, prosperity. Do you understand me? He comes to bring out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. Now, the role of a priest is to be a mediator, to go in between. As a priest of God, he comes representing Almighty God, and he sets before him this table having bread and wine, which is a type of the communion table of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord's table, the communion table of the Lord. The word communion means sharing, partnership, and also refers to covenant. Because God has made a covenant with this man, Abram, said, I will bless you and I will curse those who curse you. So these kings, in a sense, had cursed him and they were cursed because they stole his nephew Lot and all of his possessions and everything. So now they have come against him. They haven't come to bless him. They had come to curse him. They had come to attack him and he goes after them and he gets the victory over them. And, he, and right before the king of Sodom comes in the king's valley, here comes basically almighty god himself this is a type of christ a pre-incarnate christ appearing because these are all and we find out about melchizedek if you read the book of hebrews that he has no beginning he has no end he has no genealogy he just shows up out of nowhere as the king of righteousness amen the prince of peace or the king of peace shalom and then he comes and he sets before him this table of bread and wine a covenant table and look at what he says watch this now watch this now and he blessed him and said blessed favored with blessings made blissful joyful be abram by god most high possessor and maker of heaven and earth so he confers 
a blessing. He speaks a blessing over him as the priest of God, as a mediator of the covenant, and speaks and releases and confers, which really actually reinforces the blessing that was already spoken over him. But see, there was a blessing that's spoken over him. Now we're seeing the blessing working, and now we're seeing other sides of this blessing coming into play. Because when he called him in Genesis 12, he never said, you're going to be, there's going to be a time of war. They're going to come against you and you're going to go and you're actually going to go into war. You're going to actually go into battle and conquer your enemies. He never said that, but the blessing was there. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. I'll make your name great. I'll make, kings will come from you. I'll be with you. Amen. Yeah. And then look at the other, the second part of it. And bless, praise, and glorify be God most high, who has given your foes into your hand. So basically what he's saying is, this victory is a supernatural victory. God gave you this supernatural victory. Blessed be Abram, by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And may God who gave you this supernatural victory be praised. Hallelujah. And Abram immediately calls the band, says, sing a praise song. No. Look at what he does. And this is, this is the first time we see the, the word Melchizedek. And it's also the very first time in the Bible we see this word called tithe or one-tenth. And Abram gave him a tenth of all he had taken. So the, the tithe, he takes the tithe, the one-tenth, and gives to Melchizedek as an offering, amen, of honor, worship, praise, thanksgiving, acknowledgement of who has given the victory. So you see that how, how the response was the tithe, okay? And the king of Sodom said to Abram right after this, give me the persons and keep the goods for yourself. So he's like trying to come in there, hey, just give me the people and keep all the goods. So he's trying to get him... To, to see the money, to see the plunder, because he's already had an encounter. See, he was, coming, he was coming to make a deal, a covenant, contract, or an agreement with Abram, but Melchizedek stepped in right before, and he conferred the blessing. He declared that it is God who gave you the supernatural victory, and then Abram, realizing it, he gives the tithe to honor and to acknowledge that. That's his worship. That's his acknowledgement. That's his response. See, the word of God always needs, requires a response. Faith is always our response to the word of God. So tithe was a response. And this is not even an offering message, but you have to understand what's happening here. Then the king of Sodom said, said to Abram, give me the persons and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand and sworn to the Lord, God most high, the possessor and maker of heaven and earth. That I would not take a thread or a shoelace or anything that is yours. Lest you should say, I made Abram rich. So we do know that Abram was made rich. But not by the king of Sodom. Why? Because it is the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. But you make a covenant with Sodom, you're going to have a lot of sorrow. Sodom represents the world system. Sodom represents the evil system out there. Sodom represents the world. What we're dealing with, the chaos, the war, the greed, 
the, the, the money-driven, the power-driven, the everything, the structure that's out there. And that structure is coming and, and, and trying to entice him to come into this covenant, into this relationship. And he's like, no, absolutely not. Because I have already lifted up my hands. I've already lifted up my eyes. I've already lifted up my voice. I have made a covenant with God. I have blessed him. I worshiped him. He is the possessor of heaven and earth. And I have a covenant with him. And I will take nothing from you. Not even a shoelace. Lest you say that Sodom, the king of Sodom made me rich. And, and this is... This is such a key. And again, you see, just like Pastor Vincent touched, the two masters. You see serving God or serving mammon. Sodom here represents mammon. Melchizedek, who came, represents God. And you can see supernatural finances, supernatural financial empowerment that's also come upon Abram. And the victory that God has given him, the success that God has given him in, listen, in the face of impossible odds. You don't take 318 servants born and raised in your house against five, uh, four kings that have already defeated five other kings. And they're professional armies that are battle-hardened and trained killers. This is supernatural, what God did for him. And I just tell you right now, this came to me so strongly yesterday that God's going to give supernatural victory this year. This is going to be a year of supernatural victories. This is going to be a year of divine intervention. This is going to be a year of God stepping in to turn things that seem against you in your favor. Because the favor of God will turn things that are against you in your, in your favor. That which seems impossible. That which seems like insurmountable odds. God will give you the supernatural victory. This is the year of God's favor. This is the year of God's increase. This is the year of God's blessing coming upon his people. No matter what is going on. I don't care if five kings are battling four. I don't care if there's... They're, as you can see, they're trying to push World War III. They're trying to push that narrative, that agenda. And they want people to fear. They want people to be in chaos. They want people to be shaken. You will not be shaken. We are not part of a kingdom that will be shaken. We are a part of the kingdom of God that is unshakable. Unshakable. God's going to give you the victory. This is the year of victory. This is the year of deliverance. This is the year of supernatural, supernatural victory. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Because it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. When Sodom comes to entice you, to tempt you, to dangle the carrot before you, make you think that there's something else there, like the grass might be greener on the other side, don't you fall into that temptation. We are not in covenant with the kingdom of man. We are in covenant with the kingdom of God. We serve Almighty God, possessor of heaven and earth, maker of heaven and earth. He has conferred His blessing upon us. As you can see, he brought before him the bread and the wine. That is a type 
of the table of the Lord even as we come before the table of the Lord I want you to understand that we have victory by the power of the blood of Jesus we have victory hallelujah the blood of Jesus protects us the blood of Jesus is our shield the blood of Jesus is our refuge hallelujah the name of the Lord is the strong and the mighty tower we are the righteous of the Lord we run into his name we are safe we are safe you are safe you will not lack you will prosper in the midst of chaos there's great wealth transfer that is coming into the hands of God's people but it's gonna happen through chaos it's gonna happen in the midst of shaking it's gonna happen in the midst of as the world system is being shaken there's wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and plagues and all kinds of nasty things happening out there rejoice Jesus said because I am coming back soon I'm coming back for a church hallelujah that is without spot or blemish I'm coming back for a church that is glorious and victorious and prosperous hallelujah we have a covenant with Almighty God we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places we're blessed going in we're blessed coming out uh, the enemies that come against us they shall be defeated before us and they shall flee from us in seven directions God's going to give you complete victory. Seven is the number of completion. God's going to give you complete and total victory. I decree that right now. Any weapon formed against this church, any weapon formed against you, your family, your business, your ministry shall be defeated. It shall not prosper. It shall not prosper. Hallelujah. So rejoice, the Lord is with us. We are a people of covenant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the Apostle Paul makes reference to the same thing and we get even more revelation in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 16 says, the cup of blessing which we bless. The cup of blessing. The cup of blessing. Which we bless. That means upon which we ask God's blessing. Does it not mean that in drinking it, we participate in and share a fellowship, a communion in the blood of Christ the Messiah? The bread which we break, does it not mean that in eating it, we participate in and share a fellowship in communion with the body of Christ? For we, no matter how numerous we are, are one body because we all partake of the one bread, the one whom the communion bread represents. Consider those physical people of Israel are not those who eat the sacrifices partners of the altar united in their worship on the same on, of the same god what do i imply then 
that, that food offered to idols is intrinsically changed by the fact and, um, and amounts to anything or that an idol itself is a living thing. No, I'm suggesting that what the pagans sacrifice, they offer in effect to demons, to evil spiritual powers and not to God at all. I do not want you to fellowship and be partners with diabolical spirits. See, there is a diabolical agenda driven by diabolical spirits in the world system. By eating in their feasts. Isn't it interesting how many preachers, how many Christians participate? They make friends with the world. They participate in the diabolical plan. Preachers that shut their churches down. Had everybody masked up. Juiced up. And they supported the agenda. Blind shepherds. People that participated in the diabolical agenda. Now we have church leaders that are going to the World Economic Forum. And getting their agenda to come back and shape the church in America. Diabolical plans. Diabolical plans. And there will be more coming. We are not going to drink from their cup. Or eat at their feasts. You cannot drink the Lord's cup and the demon's cup. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the demon's table. Shall we thus provoke the Lord to jealousy and anger and indignation? Are we stronger than he that we should defy him? God, our God is a jealous God. He has made a covenant and he swore by his own name. And by his own blood he sealed the covenant. The new covenant which brings all the nations into the blessing of Abraham. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. What was the curse of the law for the Gentile? They were outside of the covenant. You could never be blessed because you were outside of the Mosaic covenant. But that has been done away with. Jesus Christ became the sacrifice and he said it is finished. And that covenant was done away with. We're no longer relying on the blood, blood of bulls and goats. We're now no longer relying the blood of on the blood of sacrificial animals because Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, shed his blood once and for all. And so that all the nations could come into the blessing of Abraham. Removing the curse. Removing the curse of bringing us into the blessing. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So that we can receive the blessing of Abraham. We can come into this covenant of victory and prosperity and provision and increase. And, and God's supernatural divine victory and supernatural divine pr protection and supernatural divine intervention in our lives. We serve a mighty God who is with us. His name is Al Shaddai. The God who is more than enough. He is the all-sufficient one. He's the God of the overflow. He doesn't just fill your cup. He fills your cup to overflowing. Your cup runneth over. He doesn't do just enough. He does more than enough because he's the God of abundance. He's the God of more than enough. Hallelujah. He's able to do exceeding abundantly more than what you ask or think according to the power that is at work in you. Hallelujah. So... Have courage, Christian. Have faith. Be bold. Rise up. Know that God is with us. The battle belongs to the Lord. He will give us the victory. He leads us into triumph. In all of these things, we're more than conquerors. Why? Because he loves us. And he shed his blood for us. And the blood of Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the curse. And so that all the Gentile nations, because I'm a Gentile, I'm Turkish. 
You're from St. Kitts. You're not just a darker Jew. You're just not a Jew at all. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Most of us here had no choice, no, had no chance, but we have been brought into the covenant by the blood of Jesus because he has broken down the barriers of separation. There's no longer Jew, no Greek, no male, female, no master, no slave. He's broken down all the walls of separation. That is the gospel. That is the good news. Hallelujah. That all the nations can come into the blessing and so that we can receive the promise of the Holy Spirit by faith. We can be filled with the power of God. We can receive the breath of heaven. Walk and live an empowered life, not a weak life. All of these diabolical agendas, first and foremost, they are designed to weaken the church. That is the number one target of the, of the enemies, to weaken the church. Because if they can take the church out, they can take out America. And America is in the condition it is in because it's a reflection of the condition of the church. We need the power of God back in the church. We need Christians that are full of the Holy Ghost, full of boldness. We need Christians that will preach the gospel, speak the truth, hallelujah, boldly and proclaim, hallelujah, and stand their ground and not give in to diabolical agendas. That's been the problem with the church. The church hasn't been in bed with Sodom. Sodom has visited many churches and they made a covenant with them right there on the platform. Right there on the platform, Sodom stands because they made a covenant with him. We will not have a covenant with Sodom. It'll be over our dead bodies. Absolutely never. And they can come to try to kill us, but the Bible says they can't kill us. They can't kill us. If they try to poison you, you will not die. And who knows what kind of poison is out there. Stuff they're releasing we don't even know about. But the blood of Jesus is your shield. The blood of Jesus is your vaccine. The blood of Jesus is your immunization. You are immune. You are immune to the diabolical agendas. You're immune to the diabolical weapons of the enemy. Because of the power of the blood of Jesus. That's why to me communion isn't just something we do in 30 seconds. Okay, we got through that one in the, in the script. No, no, we have to take the time. I want to proclaim the word of the Lord. I want have everyone to have faith. I want people to connect their faith to what this blood and the bread represents and walk in the power and the protection and and the healing power of god and and then the protection hallelujah and the provision that is made available by the blood of jesus this table is a rich table this table is a table of healing hallelujah this table is a table of provision wisdom Everything you need is at the table. Come and dine, come and dine, come and dine. So I'm going to proclaim, and, and this is what Jesus said. Uh, uh, Paul said, do the, uh, Jesus said, told, told Paul, do this in remembrance of me. What are we remembering? We are remembering our covenant. We are remembering what these things represent. We remember what has been made available for us. 
Hallelujah. Because I've been in those religious churches where the communion is passed. And everybody remembers how Jesus died. And they start crying. Now, if you're shedding tears of joy, I understand. But I'm not, I'm, I'm talking, I'm not talking about crying because Jesus died. I'm talking about rejoicing and receiving and operating in the blessing. And I'm talking about being empowered. I'm talking about being blessed. I'm talking about being highly favored. I'm talking about God, hallelujah, rolling out the red carpet before you. When man tries to shut the door in your face, God opens the door and no man can shut. Hallelujah. 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 I'm talking about favor. I'm talking about favor. I'm talking about supernatural victory. How many of you need some supernatural victories this year? In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. By the power of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, by the power of the communion. Because it represents our covenant. I decree and declare supernatural victory in Jesus' mighty name for your people. Supernatural victory for this church. Supernatural victory for families and businesses. Supernatural victory for every single person under the sound of my voice today. Release it. Release it. Release it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.